there is no one like you in the entire world. There is no one that's ever existed like you and nor will anyone ever exist like you with your DNA, your experiences, your knowledge, your surroundings. So it's kind of tapping in into those things that make you different is what's going to make you stand out. Are you ready to master your mindset and your business? Join thousands of women each week who use this podcast as a tool to create financial and emotional wealth. And when you're ready to scale to the next level, visit theunstoppablewoman.com slash go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm your host, Amira Alvarez. I'm the founder and CEO of the Unstoppable Woman. And today we have a fantastic guest for you for this interview podcast. It's Kelly Lundberg. She is a personal stylist, a celebrity stylist, and someone who has really taken styling to the next level and does personal branding. She also is someone who is a self-appointed member of the 5 a.m. club, and she loves working out on the beach on, at, at you know sunrise. So let's talk about that as well, because I am a 5 a.m.er, sometimes 4.30 a.m.er, but I'm not near a beach, and I'm not working out at 5 a.m. either. So I want to talk about that, like getting out of bed and doing that. So Welcome to the show, Kelly. Super awesome to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. It's so nice to meet new people and new audiences and just share knowledge and yeah, chat about something I love, the 5 a.m. club. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So before we get into that, I wanna I wanna share with people why we thought you would be a great guest for the program. I want to talk about two things with you. One, you do personal branding, but two, you come from the world of styling. And I think those two things interact and, and, and really meld beautifully together. And I, I will call myself a bit of a brandy, like people call themselves foodies. I'm a, I'm a brandy. Like I've thought a lot about brand and, and I feel like it's a evolution that has been really important to, to me and the company's growth both. And when you're in business, uh, in a service-based business, people are looking to see who they're doing business with and they want to have that connection. And so I've thought a lot about this idea of personal brand and just, you don't know this. Some of my audience knows this, but you don't happen to know this. My story is someone is, is of someone who got to her forties without knowing what a blowout was, right? Like didn't know how to do her own makeup. Like, and I wore lipstick, don't get me wrong, but like, I didn't understand how to put myself together or what my style was. Um, it felt out of reach to me. It felt completely a big challenge. And I had internal blocks actually around it as well, which I'd be interested in hearing your take on around like, it's, it's frivolous to spend money and time on how you look that that's not an appropriate uh, use of your 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 resources. You have to put it into these other places. Like you can either be smart or pretty. You can either be smart or sexy, which is just not true. But that's that's where I entered my forties with that sort of mindset. Now I'm fifty two, and I I love my blowouts, and I love you know. <laughs> 
I have a stylist and I love working with her, all that good stuff. So tell me your thoughts when you hear someone talk about that. I think the whole thing with sort of style and I think it's quite an interesting concept that it is seen as is or has been in the past seen as something that's maybe frivolous. But I think because we have to wear clothes. So I think because we've grown up, well, the majority of us do, um, we have to wear clothes. So it's just expected that we should be able to buy and know what works for our body shapes and our lifestyles and what makes us feel good. And so often we're creatures of habit. So we, we go to shops that maybe our parents took us to, or maybe the opposite of what our parents took us to because we didn't like them, or we go to shops that our friends think we should go to, or our partners think we should go to. And and I think personal style is such an individual thing that until you start to understand and spend time on that, it's it's impossible to know what works and what doesn't. And one of the analogies I often say is, I'd never cut my own hair. I'd never fix my own car. You know, never fix a computer. So what makes me think or what makes someone think um, that they can style themselves if they've not had the background knowledge or read the magazines or, you know, if I want a great body, I'll go and get a PT. I won't necessarily know how to do it myself or certainly 10 years ago, I wouldn't have known how to do it. So I think that sort of um, educational piece was a huge part when I was building my business sort of 20 years ago and getting people to understand, listen, if you make three mistakes, a year on clothing, you can afford a stylist. And people are like, wow, well, you know, and it's not even designer things. We're talking like if you buy three things from Zara, then you can afford a stylist for two hours or one hour or someone who's starting out. So I would say it's been a big mindset shift, but the whole piece is confidence. And that's where I see the whole branding, like style is the foundation for your personal brand, because you know, if you don't feel great in the clothes you wear, you're not going to have great branded photographs. If you don't feel great in how you're coming across, you're not going to put yourself on social media. You're not going to get up on stage and, you know, speak to five people, 10 people, because you don't have the confidence and clothing gives you that. So, uh, and, and you'll be, you'll firsthand experience of, of how clothing can, you know, grow confidence and, and everything else. I was just talking about this with someone the other day. I think of clothing as activating my confidence. It doesn't give you, like two people can wear the same fabulous clothing. Let's say it's a something very luxurious and designer and high quality. And the, there's nothing wrong with that piece of clothing. But two people can wear the same piece of clothing and one person, it activates their confidence and it makes them feel great. And for someone else, I mean, maybe it's not the right piece for them, but they're in such an internal turmoil that no amount of clothing is going to to do anything. But it, it's not going to change who you are. But I will say that, man, getting clothing that I love, that suits me, that fits me, that looks good on me has been a game changer because it has activated my confidence. It activated what's what the truth of what's already there for me. And and I think that's the sign of a really good stylist is it's not one side. I was, I was talking to a client about this the other day, and she was nervous about working with a, a stylist because she thought that the, the stylist would have a sort of a top-down, one-size-fits-all, here's what you have to do, here's, here's like, just wear this. And that's so not been my experience. Like, it's so unique and uh, collaborative. Is that how you work with your clients? 
Absolutely. And I, I remember one person wrote a review on TripAdvisor many years ago, and they'd said that it was the gift that keeps on giving. And I thought it was a really nice analogy because, you know, the amount that you spend on clothing or whatever it is you do spend, the amount of times you wear those clothes, the comments you get from it, it's, you know, a year, two years, like I still get messages from clients. They're like, oh, you know, that piece that we bought together four years ago, I've just worn it. And, you know, I feel fabulous because 10 people have just said I look great in it, something like that. So I would say um, from that perspective, it's about uh, understanding that, you know, I guess it goes back to that earlier bit about being frivolous. You know, it's, it's not, it is that gift that kind of keeps on going and that overarching, if you get a really good stylist, I mean, sure, there's people that are just starting out and they're building their experience, but you pay for what you get as well. So, you know, when I, when I take out clients, I could, what I used to maybe do in four hours, I can do in two because I know the shops, I know the styles and I can read people. And someone said to me a long time ago, you know, what is it you need to be, you know, what ma- what makes a great stylist? And sure, you're having attention to detail, great eye for things, being able to put items together. That goes without saying. I would say the fundamental aspects of being a personal stylist rather than a fashion stylist, because they're different. A personal stylist has to like people. And you've really got to understand people, which goes back to that piece about it's not one size fits all. It is about how do you understand that person and and get them, encourage them into pieces that they wouldn't normally wear. Um, versus I think when those are considering it in a career, a fashion stylist is, uh, in my opinion, someone who works a lot on editorial shoots, who maybe works with models, uh, runway shows. And they're very different because you're then not challenged with um like some of the some of the things that people have said to me I'm not wearing that because my husband hates flowers or I'm not wearing that color because it reminds me of my school uniform or I'm not wearing and so I'm not wearing either there's all these hang-ups that people have versus the fashion stylist has got to be that super creative predicting the trends bringing that all together but they don't have to deal with people in the same way and they don't have to style it for a real human being who has a real Real life. So that brings me to to uh, another topic that just came up with a client, and we were talking about the impression that she was making on people. So this goes to the personal brand side of things as well. And we were talking about. She said something like, "I could never wear." She she's in the financial services industry. I could never wear mini skirts like you wear, and. And I was like, really? Why not? You know, like I have like, like it's all, it's all about who you're being, but I get, she had some conception of what was appropriate and not appropriate. And it's not for me to say that you have to dress like me because that's not, that's not true. And there's a, you said something earlier, like helping them see, like stretching their, their edge, like you could wear this. And our whole conversation was a, was about her stepping into the truth of who she truly was and not hiding herself under, I'm going to put quotes around it, but somewhat frumpy clothes. She would, she would self-describe as like baggy clothes, you know, clothes that people can't see her in. And I think that this is something that is at play for a lot of women. I know for me, it was certainly at play. Like when I started about mm, around 10 years ago, maybe a little less than that, started to really step into owning my style, 
I remember going to the this event and bringing these new clothes that I had just bought and they were so like racy for me. They were like so edgy and sexy and and they weren't really that edgy or sexy. It was me that was being edgy and sexy. But I remember getting off the plane and going into the bathroom and changing into the, this cute little cream-colored leather miniskirt. And it was an A-line. And I still have it and I still love it. It's like one of those spot-on outfits. And walking into this seminar and, and feeling nervous and also, like, I think the truth meter there here, Kelly, is also like, oh, this feels good. This is me. Can I do this? Am I allowed? Am I allowed to be who I truly am? And that was one of those transformational moments for me. You know, like it, it, there was before the, the cream-colored miniskirt and after the cream-colored <laughs> miniskirt. Right? I love that. Yeah. So do you find that that's uh, a challenge that you have with clients that they come to you and you can see the truth of who they are and and what they need need to could step into and they haven't there's some fear around doing that for themselves? Absolutely. And and it's just it comes with experience. You know, I have a business coach, a mindset coach and and at the end of the session I always say to him how, how how did you manage to unravel all of that? How did you manage to unpack all of that? And he said, it's exactly the same when you go and work with a client on their brand or on their personal style and you can do it so quickly. And, and, and it's just that, I guess it's that gift, but I think that's why you work with someone. You work with an expert so that you can utilize their experiences so that you can become a better version of yourself. And I think that can be in all areas of things that you do, whether that's health, fitness, anything that's just something you don't spend a lot of time in. There's someone out there that can do it way better than you. And I think it's how do you, how, you know, listen to the expert. Because I think that's the one thing. If you're paying for an expert, listen to them and then make your own opinions at the end of it. But some of the sort of the little tricks that I, I, I did with my clients is I do a lot less styling now. It's much more focused on, on brand and business. But I would kind of give them an outfit and I'd be like, try it on. And I'm going to go out and get some other bits and I'll be back in just a minute or two. And and they'd, I know they'd kind of see them looking at an outfit go, mm, I don't think that's me. And then I'd let them look in the mirror and in this mirror and then in that mirror. And then by the time I got back, I'd be like, how is it? I actually quite like it. That's what people would say. <laughs> they just need to, you know, in the, in the mirror, when you look the first time when you're wearing something completely different, the automatic opinion is, that's not right. That's not me because the brain isn't registering. But I was like, no, look in this mirror. Now look in this mirror. Okay, try a pair of shoes on. And then it's kind of like the longer they stay in an outfit, they're like, oh, actually, this person looking back at me, I kind of like this look. And that would be kind of one of the yeah. ways that those that are maybe a little bit reluctant to to be open to change and then once you've got them in the first outfit or the first couple of outfits and they you've built the confidence with them like okay I completely trust you I'm totally in your hands then mm -hmm. it's like putty it's easy it's really easy <laughs> I love that so let's segue from there to personal brand so how how did you make the shift from stylist to personal brand and what do you think the connection is and and how do you work work the two together 
It's a really interesting question because um, I was in the styling industry for 15 years. So I've been in the fashion industry for more than 20, but personal styling, I set up the Middle East first shopping um, and styling service. And it was an exciting time in the UAE and in Dubai. And um, there was nothing like that here. And it was you know, educating women on, you know, how the, the Middle East is quite a dressy place. And, you know, people would come from Europe and America and they'd be like, oh, I, I don't know how to dress here. I don't know how to dress up. I'm used to wearing linen trousers. What do I wear? So um, it was, that was a really interesting piece in growing the business. But after 15 years evolution, um, I was so interested in growing a business. I had worked with a coach, I invest a huge amount in, in my understanding of how to be a better person. I was then able to coach and mentor other people when we were out styling, I'd be like, you know, tell me about your business. And then they tell me about their business and I'd have so many ideas on how I could support them. So there was a natural sort of transition into supporting other women in business through the personal style. And it wasn't until I sold the, the personal styling business and I knew I was ready for something else. And I had a personal brand. And what was interesting was when I sold my business, and this is where I, I'm really passionate about getting people to understand that even if you have a business, you also have a personal brand. And if you ever think about selling your business, you still have the personal brand. So I operated under my personal brand for a good 12 to 24 months till I got really clear on what the next phase of Kelly looked like, which interestingly coincides with that big four zero number as well. And um, and that's for me what happens. I got crystal clear that the sort of the personal brand piece of the business and the how you present yourself um, is how you can grow your business because it's how I've gained new clients. It's how I've grown my credibility. It's how when you Google me, pages and pages of stuff comes up of credibility rather than, oh, I sold my business and I don't have anything out there about me anymore. So so that was kind of where the transition has uh, has been. KellyLoombergOfficial.com is my sort of umbrella, which everything goes under from speaking to books to um, charity work to want to work with me. Here's the link. But then I have my business which is Brand New Creators, which is where you will find my team and everything that we do and how we work with entrepreneurs and CEOs and how we identify their online and offline credibility. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. What do you think? Let's just dive into that, the the branding, the personal branding side of things. What do you think the biggest mistake is that, say, a business owner, a CEO, founder makes when approaching their business what are they not seeing from a personal brand perspective that they are their usp they are your usp so so you know nowadays it's really hard or very rare to come up with a business idea that no one's ever done i think i've worked with one client in the past five years that's got a completely new business that i've never even heard of and she's a water sommelier Yes, water sommelier. I didn't know such a thing existed until I worked with her. I actually heard something. Where did I hear about a water sommelier? It must have been at a a resort or something like that. You know how they do interesting, unique activities. But yes, that is very unique. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. So one of the things that I love about that, you're, you're talking about the, the, the CEO, the founder being the, their unique selling proposition. The way I frame it, it's the same exact concept. Well, similar concept, which is this idea of making an impression of increase that everyone wants 
to have increase in their life. They want more life and they have a problem that's keeping them from expanding in their lives. And Mm -hmm. if you are someone who can help them solve that problem, they will want to work with you. But you have to you have to communicate that to them. And one of the ways you do that is not just by the words on a web page, but in who you are being when you interact with people, whether it's walking into a room or uh, walking into the grocery store, whatever it is, people are picking up on all these cues about who you are and whether you can help them. And part of that is their, your energy, but part of it's your clothing, part of it's how you present yourself. So Mm. I love that you, you, your, the words you use to describe what you're doing, you are your, your personal brand. So how do you help people get clear on that? Well, I think it's understanding what makes them different. And a lot of people will go, well, there's nothing interesting about me or I'm not different. But the truth is, and I say this a lot in my presentations, you know, there is no one like you in the entire world. There is no one that's ever existed like you and nor will anyone ever exist like you with your DNA, your experiences, your knowledge, your surroundings. So it's kind of tapping in into those things that make you different is what's going to make you stand out. And it's different. It's just from someone else. Because here's the thing, when you want to build your personal brand, you want to get more credibility, you want more people to know who you are, people connect with people. So if I think about all the sort of media coverage that I've had over the years, I would go as far as saying probably 80% of it has been not to do with any of my business. It's been part of the journey. My very first media coverage was about how the fact I was 24 years old and I had left an airline and started a business in the Middle East and it was such a rare thing 20 years ago. That's what people were interested in. They couldn't care less what business it was. It was the personal piece. Or, you know, there's just so many things. Like even just last week, I was featured in a a UK magazine and it was about nothing to do with my business but they were really interested in the fact that I had a long distance relationship. And and that was the piece on what they wanted to know. And they mentioned my name and that I had a personal brand, um, personal branding agency, but it was the key piece was about you, that, that, that relatability. That's how people can connect with you. 100%. I love that. I love that. So you help people own their uniqueness, own their story, I imagine, and be able to communicate that. That's great. I love it. What do you think three to five habits people could put into place would be to help them communicate their unique personal brand? Okay. So one of the first things I think is people need to start with an audit. They've really got to understand where they're actually at to begin with. So I always say, Google yourself, but not from a vanity perspective. Google yourself to see what's out there already. That would be the first thing, because I think if there's nothing out there, we've got a blank canvas. And if there is um, a few things out there, we've got something to work on. And if there's stuff out there that's not positive, then it's time to change it. So I would say that would be the first thing that I would look at doing. The second thing I would say is um, make sure you own your domain name. So it's a huge mistake that I see people make is at some point 
whether they go and write a book or they change a business, they don't own their name. And I would just say, find a way that you can actually own your name that's a .com rather than a .org or, or something else. Find a way that you can start building something that's yours. And you don't have to use it yet, but just own it because you never know what might happen in the future. So that would be the second thing. The third thing would be it's inconsistency. So it's all about being consistent. Your personal brand doesn't come to you. You are your personal brand. How can you actively go out there and promote you? And one of the things I come across, especially in the Middle East, is a lot of local women are very private. And they don't know how to put themselves out there that's not in a showy-off way, that it's it's humble. And there is a way to do it, but when you do do it, do it consistently. Because what you don't want is someone that's maybe going to buy your product or service to research you. Then you go back and have, uh, they go and research you and it's like two years old. So are you still in business? Are you not in business? Who knows? Years ago, I, I looked at working with a, a coach and and it was an expensive coach, I have to say. And I did my brand audit on her. And I was so disappointed to find that there was very little out there. And I was like, if I'm parting with that amount of money, I want to see that they've done lots of things. Or I want to see that they've got the credibility. So you never know who's watching and who's looking. And, you know, very much in the way of if you're going on a blind date and you know, a friend set you up and they give you the name of who you're going out with on the date. And the high probability is you're going to go and Google that person before you go on the date. And then if you Google them and there's nothing in there about them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. For those that are listening. I, for those just listening to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say the same thing. I gave her the, the scant little look like, hmm. Yeah. Sketchy or what are they hiding, or what's going on. And you've got to understand that your personal brand is the same. You know, if there's nothing out there about you, then what are people led to think? They'll just make up stuff. So that would be the fourth thing. And then the fourth fourth element is sort of consistency when delivering it. And I think the fifth piece is your personal brand evolves. So you've got to keep going with it. Where you were 10 years and having no blowouts and, and you know, not, not elaborate make-it routine to where you are now is so different and it's part of you. And never be embarrassed that your brand evolves. Your personal style evolves. Your business evolves. Your likes and dislikes evolve. And it's just knowing that, be open to it all. I mean, there's the other obvious pieces about, you know, be authentic and do this and do that. But I believe that goes without saying. There are kind of five things that I would say right now if you're a business owner and not even a business owner. If you are are looking to, um, you know, change your career, for example, or, or move in, in your career, you need to speak up. You need to be seen. You need to be visible. And they're the things you need to be doing. 100%. 100%. Those are great tips. Thank you. So good. Okay. Before I ask my final questions... Where can people find you if they want to learn more about your personal branding services or just follow you on social? Where can they find you? So I'm super active on Instagram. It's my primary platform for communications when it comes to social media. LinkedIn's my second one. So Kelly Loomberg, uh, Kelly Loomberg Official on Instagram. And that's my um, webpage as well. Kelly Loomberg Official, brand new creators is the business that 
when you when you Google my name, enough comes up. You'll find me, and there's consistency in that. <laughs> you as walk well. your talk. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Have you ever Googled yourself recently? You know, I have Googled myself. I don't know when the last time in the last few months was, but what I do find is that when you Google yourself from your own computer, the results are different than if you do it from someone else's computer. So what I haven't done recently is look at what comes up if you're not me, if you're not on my team, right? Like, Because the algorithm shows different uh, results to different people based on their their past search uh, patterns. But you can change that. You can go into, um, if you have a Mac, you can go to incognito and you can do a search uh, incognito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that comes yeah, from Yeah, well, you know what I'm going to do right after, right after <laughs> I get off this podcast. I knew that from a uh, I, I knew that from a tech perspective, like when you're looking at websites and things like that, but I didn't think of it for myself. Ah, good tip. Thank you. I'm going to go do that. And you know, I, the other I, thing you, that you can did do. Did you Google me? No, I haven't me done before? yet. Okay. I was like, <laughs> okay. I thought I maybe so you were questions. asking that. Yeah. No, no, no I thought no. maybe you were asking that because you saw something that I needed to be aware of or something. No, not at all. <laughs> but you know, the other thing that um, I suggest to clients and things that I've done for myself is I've set up on Google an alert for anything that comes up for my name or anything that comes up in the personal branding industry. So anything, I get a personal brand report every night from Google on what articles have been released internationally. But anytime anything comes out with my name on, before my media, like the PR, my publicist has even, she's pretty hot, so she'll send it to me pretty quickly. But let's just say she hasn't had a chance because she's been in the meeting. Then it will come out on um, a Google alert. Fantastic. Well, when we drop this podcast, I hope you go check it out and it will it. come there up on go. a You'll Google alert. I love <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. I love it. That's awesome. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that I hear hear from you is that you've invested a lot in coaching. You 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 have put time into your personal growth and your 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 business growth from that perspective. How do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of your game and keep growing? What are what are the things that you do on the regular? Yeah, I think there's a, a huge piece of investing in coaches for what you need at the time. And I think that's really important to understand because, you know, when I first started out, I had a general coach and it was about life and business. And then I moved more into business and then there was growth. And, you know, I've had mindset coaches. I've worked with money coaches. I've worked with um, Facebook coaches when I was doing my Facebook ads. So I think it's really important to work with a, a, a coach of going through uh, understanding what it is that you want to grow in and then finding an expert in that. And that could be a, you need to grow in your personal style. So get a stylist to help you with that. But it's about finding what do I need right now? And and, and that's very much where I am in terms of how do I keep growing is, 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 is finding that. Um, for me, it's also about you know, consuming podcasts. And I read, I say I read books, I listen to books. So I'm a huge fan of Audible. Um, and from a mental space, for me, getting up early in the morning, working out is just become so much part of my identity in the past sort of two or three years versus 10 years ago it was like oh I have to go to the gym now it's like this is me and the months that I'm really good on my training my business 
completely reflects, you know, when I'm in a good space, my business is in a great place. So I think that sort of goes hand in hand with, um, you know, becoming that sort of unstoppable you becoming that best version of you. I love that. I love that. And thank you for circling back to the 5 a.m. club and working out in the morning because that's where we started when we didn't circle back to that. So let's let's spend a little bit of time on that while we wrap up here. Tell me how you, like, what inspired you to be someone who gets up every day and does the 5 a.m. workout? And what was your process in creating that for yourself? You've told us the results of that. But but tell us the process on becoming that person. Were you always that person? It doesn't sound like you you have been. You were. Yeah. Um, I certainly wasn't the consistent working out person, but I've always been a pretty early riser. I think my mom says that even from a baby, like I didn't sleep that much. I would wake up super early and, and you know, to the point even when I was super little, she would just make sure I knew how to go downstairs and I would sit and put myself in front of the TV at 6.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. Um but I think when you get older, it's super different. Um, and there's so many temptations out there and distractions. I think that's the key. There's so many distractions that stop you from putting in that routine in place. And those distractions can be going out. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with going out. I love going out. But I have to say, because I love getting up more, I go out less during the week. I mean, and I'm, to be honest, I'm much more a daytime person. If anyone says, do you want to go out for a glass of wine or dinner or lunch, I'll always pick lunch. So that's just a conscious shift for me. So I think it's really important to understand the triggers that are like, well, what's going to stop you getting up in the morning? A late night is always going to stop you. I think there's a big mind sh- mindset shift as well in terms of what you tell yourself. So I've seen it with clients. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person you keep telling yourself you're not a morning person, you're never going to be a morning person. So I think that's a, a, a huge shift as well. And, you know, for me, I love my light up alarm clock. I mean, that is a game changer. I have to say, um, I'm fortunate it, living in the Middle East, it's warm when we wake up. It's it's harder in Scotland. So I go back in the summer to Scotland and I go back at Christmas time and it's a little less appealing, let me say, when it's minus whatever outside and you're like, oh, it's raining and what have you. But the natu- the, the light up alarm clock for me has been a really positive habit to kind of wake me up early in, in, the, in the day, I guess. And I love that I will lie there and I'm obsessed with skincare. So if anyone follows me on social media, I really love like what's the best potion, lotion, gadget to to try. And one of the things I do pretty much every morning before I get out of my bed at 5am is put my LED face mask on and I meditate. So I meditate with my LED face mask on. So by the time I've got out of bed at the back of five, five past five, 10 past five, I've done like three things, you know, taking care of my, my skin. I've meditated. I've woken up. I've greeted the world. I love it. That's awesome. Having your clothes laid out, you know, making just making that routine effortless is the game changer. I think Hal Elrod uh, wrote a great book about Miracle Morning. Um, I read that Mm. a number of years ago and, and I think he's awesome. So if someone's struggling, join his community because it's massive. Mm. Um, I I I love Robin Sharma's concept of the 5am club, which is where that's come from. I didn't love that book. Um, but I don't know, have you read it, the 5am club? I've, I've, I've heard his podcast, but I haven't read his, um, you know, his interviews, but I haven't read his book. 
um, I do remember like being like, okay, that's an interesting idea. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So the actual concept of 5A and everything that he's got on it is brilliant. Yeah. I didn't love his book. The book that I did love of his was Everyday Hero Manifest. That's an awesome book. So if you haven't read that, I'd also add that to your to your rituals in the evening or in the okay. morning. Okay. Yeah. There's I a few, love it. few things to share with you. That's great. I love it. I love it. I just bought a um a Peloton treadmill so that oh. I would not have the it's dark out or it's raining out excuse to not go out. But now I have this thing where I'm like, I haven't I I find it finally got installed, which is great because there were yes. some challenges around that. And and I haven't like gotten into a routine of using it because it's been actually quite lovely out. And I have a dog, and I'm like, I can't not walk the dog outside, right? <laughs> when it's gorgeous. So, anyways, soon to be soon to be applied. Okay. So my final question for you, Kelly, is what makes you an unstoppable woman? Oh, it's a great question. Unstoppable. I, I really thought about this, and I would say ultimately it's down to consistency. You know, I think that that for me is, you know, showing up consistently as the person you want to be, doing things consistently to put your personal brand out, being consistently a great person that inspires other people. I think that constitutes someone that's unstoppable because um, you need to have that part to sustain the unstoppableness, I guess. Yeah, I love it. I love that. So good. Thank you so much for joining us. I know the audience, our audience of, of unstoppable women will completely love this episode. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll go catch you on social media. Enjoy your Google search. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.